Hello and welcome to the Meta Podcast. A podcast dedicated to bringing you live recordings from Meta events covering a wide range of multidisciplinary topics converging at the intersection of innovation in the African continent. This episode was recorded during our What's Good Future of Work panel discussion with professionals from Uber, Safaricom, African Management Institute, Sila Africa, and the Ministry of Public Service, Youth and Gender Affairs. The event aimed at providing a local first perspective of the future of work and how it all connects to the global trends. We discussed topics such as workforce trends in the African region, upskilling employees for the future of work, and the role of policy in laying a framework for the future of work. Thank you Uber for sponsoring this event. Let's hear from Paul Kasimu, who is the Chief Human Resource Officer, Safaricom. Joan Kamau, Head of Sales, African Management Institute. Akshay Shah, Executive Director, Sila Africa. And moderated by Doris Muigay, Country Director, Shortlist. So I'll say one of the things we are asking ourselves is, what is digital transformation? And the point is, digital transformation is not about technology, it's about people. And what we are missing for starters is, even the way we view work, work is still seen as a place, not a space. And the question is, how do we first change that to say, why can't you manage people differently, or even ask more of them in a different way? So again, back to, are we even clear about what that future of work comes uh, like? If you look at the Industrial Revolution, the first one was in the 18th century. People were talking of the steam engine at the time. In the early 1900s, which is the beginning of the last century, we were talking of now a, a little bit of mechanization. Then came later in the third revolution, the computer age. And I was giving an example this morning. When they came, we, secretaries used to type using a, a typewriter. And the mindset was computers are coming and they'll take your jobs. Uh, one secretary was given um, um, a new PC, and it was a big, huge box. And when she typed, she made an error, and she used to normally use a, a whiteout on the typewriter. So she used the same uh, whiteout <laughs> to, to work on the computer. Now, I would say that is the right tool set, right mindset, but obviously the skill set is not there. And I think that is the same thing we are at right now. We can laugh at them, but they will laugh at us when they say we do not want anything like blockchain or something like that. Okay, that also almost brings me, and thank you for bringing that up, Paul. Africa has historically been left behind during a lot of the industrial revolutions. Is this any different, or are we poised to make sure that we are the front and center stage of this fourth industrial revolution? I think Africa is different this time. Uh -huh. If you look at even the smartphones, when you talk of smartphones, Africa is actually at par with most of the other regions. So that, I think, is a, a thumbs up. Connectivity, I think we had the story of flexibility. We are seeing a lot of that. And actually, we should not cane ourselves too much. The only difference I see is we are not keeping abreast of the pace of change. And our institutions of learning are not preparing any of our people for the future. I think we are still in the... <laughs> we are still in last century 
And I see parents paying for school and college fees, and I would actually want to sometimes, I want to cry on their behalf, but it will look like I'm crying more than the bereaved. Because some of the programs are absolute waste of money. So I think that's the tragedy we are at at okay. the moment. All right. So my name is Imran. I was the one who was clapping really loudly. I'm an education consultant. About two weeks ago, I saw this article in the newspaper, Daily Nation, that out of the 73 universities that we have, only five have fully functioning career offices. And that's a huge disservice um, to our students that are looking to graduate and come into the market. So it's great to see everybody here talking about the future of HR, the future of work. But I, one quick question. So how many people are telling the university career offices that this is what is needed, this is what the future of work is? And I like your last point that we have to sensitize and we have to let people know, but how many people from HR or in this field are actively engaging universities to let them know this is the future of work and this is what you need to do to prepare your students to come into the workforce. This morning I met uh, lecturers and educators from across the country, SCCA at Kembinski, and I was actually talking about exactly that and the need for partnership, first in terms of what we see, secondly in terms of how we can collaborate, and thirdly, and this is important for me, is how we shift the way we develop people adopting the 70-20-10 methodology of development. Because I, I think the day we lost it, and I actually will say this without fear of contradiction, was when we inverted the pyramid of how we develop our talent. So every parent wanted the child to become a graduate. To do what? So it was, it was more of demand-led, no, supply-led than demand-led. And nobody ever asked, what do we need as an economy to be where Singapore is? So it was more of, my child has done this, and you find, when you, I'm interviewing today, I find a heap of uh, certificates. And I say, I don't need to look at that. I just need to interact with you and say whether you are the person I want to have here. So I think we are. The point is, we are not talking hard enough. And I like what we are talking about, the competency-based learning. If we can remove the politics out of it, but if you bring the right people at the table to talk about what we need to, to change how we are growing talent, then we'll be succeeding. But the conversations are happening. I sit in the university council. I chair the talent committee. And I, I, I'm also a part lecturer with one or two other universities. But the most important thing, like, for instance, the Stanford Seed, where I lecture, is the philosophy of how they grow people and their thinking is different from the way we are doing it in our normal schools. I think mm -hmm. something has to be done and has to be done fast. How do we start that mindset shift for thinking differently and just allowing us to maybe explore a little bit more? And what is the role of learning in, in just that space? Yes. Yeah, thank you. Um, Definitely learning, especially L&D, whether it's L&D, learning and development, or HR managers. I think they have a great role here in starting to think about learning uh, strategically. So learning becomes something that the employees own rather than HR or learning and development managers own. So I think that is a different mindset and a shift where now 
when we are as employees, we are learning. We're not learning because HR said you need to learn. You need to take this course. But instead, you're learning because you're trying to align yourself with where we're going, with the future, and making sure that you remain relevant and looking for skills that will, will equip you to be able to become more productive as the, of course, as we continue in this um, future of work. Things are changing. Technology is coming. Then how do I align myself? And we talk a lot about transferable soft skills, for example. Um, yes, we do all have our technical skills, but to realize that technical skills alone is not it. We all need the soft skills, whether it's collaboration, critical thinking, and other skills. And so I would say that learning, and head, whether it's L&D or HR, if that, that's the team that's driving learning, then there's a great opportunity here to start thinking about learning on the go, to start thinking about ensuring that your employees are owning the learning journey so that you're not pushing them to learn, but you're also helping them to think for themselves about the future. And that was Joanne Kamau, Head of Sales, African Management Institute. Paul Kasimu, who is the Chief Human Resource Officer, Safaricom. Let's hear from Akshay Shah, Executive Director, SEAL Africa. How do I prepare my child for the future? What do I need to do with my child to make sure they're ready and prepared and will do their best in the future of work? I think as, as people, humans, um, inspiration is not going to be taken away by machines, right? We're, we're still responsible for inspiration. The machines can do perspiration. Um, the second thing is uh, uh, synthesizing, connecting the dots. Um, you know, we've got AI, but it's still narrow AI. General AI and, and um, super AI is so far away. So synthesizing the dots, connecting the unconnected information and figuring out how to problem solve um, is again a human trait. So if our children are learning how to be creative, problem solvers, I think they can figure out. And they also need to learn how to learn. There's no need to learn something now, but I think to your point, you know, they need to learn just in time, not just in case. Let's hear from the Ministry of Public Service, Youth and Gender Affairs. My name is Lydia Mathia. I've uh, worked uh, most of my life in youth development. As a mother, certainly this is something I, I really struggle with. I have a four-year-old and I'm always wondering, at what point is she supposed to start learn learning how to code? Or <laughs> should I buy her a computer? Or you understand? So that's it's it's a constant problem. What I think though is that as we do the uh, critical thinking and problem solving, we cannot run away from the fact that all our children must learn how to interact with the digital world. Meaning they've got to be able to use the internet. They've got to be able to use computers. They've got to be able to do all these things. And right now. The problem from a policy perspective is that a child in Nairobi is highly exposed to the digital world. But a child in Trukana, somewhere in Samburu, they don't have that access. But when they grow up, we will expect them to thrive at the same pace or sort of like surviving. So the, the huge gap there is how do we bring equity and equality to the idea of access to digital technology so that we don't leave a huge chunk of our rural children mm -hmm. behind and then therefore they're not competitive okay. and are completely dysfunctional right. okay. uh, in the future. Okay, that's a very interesting, different point, but very interesting. Paul, I know you have something to say about this. <laughs> I think I'll just ask parents to get out of the way 
and stop being <laughs> experts. No, seriously. One of the things that we are hearing is that we think we know. And it's okay to say I don't know and let it pass. We have a lot of kids going through depression and uh, mental torture because they are living, parents want to leave uh, kids to, to get the degrees they never got. And yeah, and it's a case of saying, let me do my passion. A story is told of a kid who was forced to go for medicine. And the day he finished, he brought the, uh, the degree and said to the father, this is your degree. And he went to do DJing that evening. I, I think for me is just accept. First, role model. Yeah. Establish a bit of ethics and get out of the way. The world will sort them out in a good way, I think. Ho ho hopefully. Okay. All right. Um, accept role model and get out of the way for them to figure it out for themselves. And that was Paul Kasimu, who is the Chief Human Resource Officer, Safaricom. Joanne Kamau, Head of Sales, African Management Institute. Akshay Shah, Executive Director, Sila Africa. And moderated by Doris Muigay, country director shortlist in the next episode what do you foresee in terms of future of work 10 years from today if we were to sit in this panel 10 years what do you predict would be happening in each um, individual spaces that you're in for more of these episodes you can subscribe to our podcast channel on google podcast apple podcast spotify or your favorite podcast platform of your choice to stay in touch with us, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at WeAreMetaNBO or email us at Nairobi at Meta.co. Until next time, thanks for listening.